Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, February 17th, 2022. Coming up this hour. Russia denies claims it's adding troops near the Ukrainian border. Calls grow for a 50-point rate hike by the Fed next month. Walmart leads today's earnings parade on Wall Street. And the Wall Street pay gap widens in the wake of the pandemic. Mayor Adams says it's time for workers to get back to the office. And a major winter storm headed this way. I'm John Tucker. Those stories straight ahead. I'm John Stanchower in sports, an epic comeback by the Nets to stun the Knicks, and Canada beat the U.S. with a women's hockey gold medal. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak on Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow, and U.S. futures are lower to start the day. Coming up to 5.01 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 27 points, Dow futures down 199, NASDAQ futures down 104. The 10-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds, the yield 2%, and the yield on the two-year 1.47%. Nathan. Well, Karen, we begin this morning as we have been with the latest developments near the border of Ukraine. The U.S. says Russia's claim that it's pulling troops back from the border is false. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter has the latest. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, in fact, says the opposite is true. What we're seeing is no uh, meaningful pullback. On the contrary, we continue to see forces, especially forces that would be in the vanguard of any uh, renewed aggression against Ukraine, continuing uh, to uh, to be at the border. Blinken says an extra 7,000 troops in the past few days at the same time Vladimir Putin says he's pulling back. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ed, thank you. Well, U.S. lawmakers are monitoring the situation closely. We spoke with the chair of the Congressional Ukraine Caucus, Marcy Kaptur of Ohio. She says the country needs further assistance and the U.S. should punish Russia now. I think the United States and our allies should place severe sanctions additionally on the Russian oligarchy. We should do everything possible to um, uh, make Nord Stream 2 uh, non-functional. Um, and to bolster Ukraine's defenses in order to preserve her sovereignty, which she so deserves. Democratic Congresswoman Marcy Kaptur spoke with our Washington correspondent Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Karen, we're also following reaction to the minutes from the Fed's latest policy meeting. Officials concluded last month they would raise interest rates soon. Some, like J.P. Morgan Asset Management's Bob Michael, think a rate hike of 50 basis points could be coming. 
I never liked the idea of a 50 basis point rate hike. We look back over the last 30 plus years, there have only been a couple times they did it. So I've always viewed a 50 basis point rate hike as serving the market a knuckle sandwich. And that's about what we're going to get. J.P. Morgan's Bob Michael says the consequences of not doing a 50-point hike could be a sharp steepening of the yield curve. Well, Nathan, as the debate over interest rates continues, inflation remains the main focus for the Fed. Billionaire investor Carl Icahn does not think it's going to end well. Sooner or later, a situation like this is going to end relatively badly. Some less badly, some more. But you can't keep printing up money and printing it up and printing it up because you get what you have now that you can't control. The government can't control inflation. Carl Icahn made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Eric Schatzker. Stay tuned for more of that conversation coming up shortly on Bloomberg Daybreak. Well, there's another billionaire raising the alarm on inflation, Karen. Berkshire Hathaway Vice Chairman Charlie Munger shares Icahn's concerns. There's never been anything quite like what we're doing now. And we do know from what's happened in other nations, if you... If you try and print too much money, it eventually causes terrible trouble. And we are closer to terrible trouble than than we've been in the past, but it may still be a long way off. Berkshire Hathaway Vice Chairman Charlie Munger made the comments at the Daily Journal's annual meeting. He also took a swipe at cryptocurrencies. He says he thinks they should be banned. Well, turning to earnings now, Nathan, we see shares of DoorDash up almost 24% in early trading, a record number of people ordered from the food delivery app in the fourth quarter. Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet has the story. The quarter showed that pandemic eating habits are sticking despite COVID-19's fading threat. Customers placed 369 million orders in the period, representing a 35% increase from a year earlier. People were also ordering more often, and the value of those orders increased 36% to $11.2 billion. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Charlie, thanks. Now, checking out some other stocks on the move this morning. Shares of Cisco are up 3%. The computer network equipment maker gave a bullish forecast and boosted its share buyback program. Applied Materials is up 2%. Earnings at the Semiconductor's Machinery Company topped estimates. And NVIDIA shares are down 3.5%. The chip maker failed to impress investors with its latest forecast. Well, up next, Nathan, we get earnings from Walmart. Results from the retailer are due out at 7 a.m. Eastern. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Tom Busby. Despite a pickup in retail spending in January, the world's biggest retailer expected to forecast slowing growth in same-store sales this year as the nation emerges from the pandemic and consumers are faced with stubbornly high inflation. Forecast call for same-store sales in the just-completed fourth quarter, though, to rise 6.3% at its signature stores, a gain of nearly 10% at its Sam's Club warehouse stores. Revenue expected to top $151.5 billion with adjusted earnings per share of $1.51. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Tom, thank you. And it's the latest fallout from the pandemic. A new report shows the pay gap between men and women widened during the first year of COVID. We get the details from Bloomberg's Kaylee Lines. Morningstar says the gender pay gap among top executives at S&P 500 companies grew to its widest level since 2012 during the first year of the pandemic. Male executives disproportionately gained from stock-based compensation, leaving women in the C-suite earning about 75% less. The year earlier, in 2019, there were slightly more women in the highest-paying jobs at public companies, and their salaries were about on par with men in similar roles. Of 18 executives earning more than $50 million in 2020, only one was a woman. 
In New York, I'm Kaylee Lines, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Kaylee, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are down 26 points. Dow futures down 191, and NASDAQ futures are lower by 98 points. The 10-year Treasury yield right at 2%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. It's now 507 on Wall Street. We're at 52 degrees in Central Park. Got some delays on the Brooklyn Bridge coming in this morning. Details on that coming up in traffic. First, John Tucker's here with more on what's going on once you get to New York and around the world. Good morning, John. Nathan, there's a message from City Hall to New York's major companies. Get back to the office. Let's get the story this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. Mayor Eric Adams told leaders of major companies in the city it was time to get their workers back in offices, emphasizing that empty buildings are holding back the city's pandemic recovery. The mayor said he met with 100 chief executive officers this week, telling them now is the time to get back. A winter surge in COVID-19 cases due to the highly transmissible Omicron variant has hampered a slow return to offices. The virus has slowed since, and the current seven-day average of positive cases in the city is roughly 1,100. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Daybreak. There's a major winter storm raking parts of the nation, and it's headed this way. Bloomberg meteorologist Rob Carolyn is tracking the storm. John, a powerful storm system is going to be developing in the central United States and tracking towards the Great Lakes over the next 24 hours. Flood watchers are in effect from Missouri into western and northern New York State. We have wind advisories from the Gulf Coast into the Ohio River Valley. Winter weather advisories and winter storm warnings stretch from lower Michigan across Missouri and on into Oklahoma. Big problem for the tri-state area over the next 36 hours will be rain heavy at times late today and into tonight. And some very strong gusty winds. There may be a few gusts over 40 miles an hour, especially along the coast, and that could lead to some scattered power outages. John? Meteorologist Rob Carolyn. Mayor Adams has proposed a $98.5 billion budget pledging to restrain spending in a city awash with extraordinary federal aid and better-than-expended property tax revenues. In his first spending plan since taking office, Adams pledged to prize efficiency and restrain ballooning police costs. Steve Dixon, who led the U.S. FAA through a tumultuous period following fatal crashes of Boeing's 737 MAX and the pandemic, stepping down from the agency at the end of March. He was appointed the head of the FAA by President Trump. Amazon workers at a company warehouse on Staten Island have reached a tentative agreement to hold a union election. The fledgling Amazon labor union confronts daunting odds. A far more established union lost an election last year at an Amazon fulfillment center in Bessemer, Alabama. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Sucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, John, thank you. Coming up to 510 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Good morning, John Stasha. All right, good morning, Nathan. Knicks and Nets set the garden, and the Knicks could not have asked for a better start. They were hitting everything. The Nets were missing everything. The Knicks were up by 20 after the first quarter. The lead grew to 28. And later, after Brooklyn got it down to 7, Knicks went right back up by 18 in the fourth quarter. But they had recently blown leads of over 20 points to the Lakers in Portland, and it happened again. All the way to the back corner with a pass to Thomas. Thomas will bring it across the midcourt line. They're not fouling. Down to four, down to three. Thomas, pull up three. God! Oh, Cam Thomas from 30 feet. 
with 6.8 seconds to go. Ices this one for Brooklyn. Chris Carino, WFAN. Nets 111, Knicks 106. The rookie Thomas made only one basket in the first half. He had finished with 21 points. Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, who the Nets just got in the James Harden trade, both big factors. Curry scored 20, Drummond had 19 rebounds. Julius Randle led the Knicks with 31. Good win for St. John's, 86-73 at Xavier. Julian Chimpagni scored 27. Rutgers did it again, a fourth straight Big Ten win over a top 25 team. This one 70-59 over Illinois. Seton Hall lost at UConn, 70-65. The women's hockey gold medal game, as always, U.S. versus Canada. One or the other has won every gold medal and world championship, and this one to Canada led 3-0, held on, won 3-2. Michaela Schifrin was in five Alpine skiing events, Never finished in the top ten. Failed to finish three of them, including the combined. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thank you. Right now, S&P futures are falling down 25 points. Dow futures down 179. NASDAQ futures are lower by 95 points. The 10-year Treasury is up 930 seconds. The yield 2.0%. Our conversation with billionaire investor Carl Icahn. Straight ahead, this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, mostly cloudy and breezy. Heavy rain possible tonight with highs near 60 degrees. Early highs in the upper 50s tomorrow. Temperatures will fall through the day. By Saturday, we'll only get into the low 40s. Right now, 52 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. And U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning. Traders weighing geopolitical developments in the Ukraine and a flurry of corporate earnings. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 23 points this morning. Dow futures down 166. NASDAQ futures down 89. The DAX in Germany is up less than a tenth of a percent. The 10-year Treasury up 830 seconds, yield 2 percent. Yield on the two-year, 1.48 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 2.2 percent on two dollars one cent at ninety one dollars sixty seven cents a barrel. Comex Gold is up eight tenths percent or fifteen dollars sixty cents at eighteen eighty seven ten an ounce. The euro one point one three six zero against the dollar. British pound one point three six zero two. The yen's at one fifteen point one seven. And Bitcoin this morning moving lower. It's at forty three thousand three hundred dollars. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John, good morning. Karen, Russia denies a claim by the U.S. and Britain that it's added more troops to soldiers already near Ukraine's borders. The CDC expected to loosen its recommendations about indoor mask wearing as soon as next week. And Republicans in Florida's House of Representatives have approved a ban on abortions after 15 weeks. Sports, the Knicks blow a 28-point lead at home and fall to the Nets. The Celtics, Wizards, and Warriors all lose. At the Olympics, Canada beats the U.S. to win the gold in women's ice hockey. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. All right, John, thanks very much. It is 519 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. We want to turn now to a prominent name in finance, Carl Icahn. He is well-known across Wall Street as a famed activist investor, We sat down late yesterday for a conversation with Carl Icahn to discuss the markets and investment strategy in the days and months ahead. 
So let's listen in now to Bloomberg's Eric Schatzker, Taylor Riggs, and Romaine Bostic in conversation with Carl Icahn. Carl, you predicted months ago that Fed stimulus would metastasize into inflation and fast become a problem for policymakers, for the economy, and of course for investors as well. This is a movie that you've seen before. You've seen it several times before. Carl, how does the movie end? It doesn't end happily. And I've seen God knows how many markets and it, it, it's similar in one way. It's, uh, it's a sad thing, and a lot of people lose a great deal of capital. And I am not predicting, though, Eric, I'm not predicting that we're in a bear market. I'm not predicting that this is going to end, sort of this euphoric atmosphere. But I am predicting this, that and it's not much of a prediction, I guess, but sooner or later, a situation like this is going to end relatively badly. Some less badly, some more. But you can't keep printing up money and printing it up and printing it up because you get what you have now that you can't control. The government can't control inflation. It, 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 it controls it only uh, what they're doing what Volcker had to do. You know, bring interest rates up to 18%. I remember those days. It was unbelievable. So I think that's going to happen. But I'm not here to discuss. I'm not a macroeconomics guru and uh I, I just look at simple facts. That's what that's all I do. Simple facts. And the simple fact here is is the, the tension between inflation and printing up money can't continue to exist without busting home. You say, Carl, that you're not predicting a bear market, but this is going to end in an ugly way. What's the difference? Okay, well I'm not predicting a near term bear market. I nobody can predict what's gonna happen next week, next month, maybe even next year or two. You can't, you really can't predict it. Too many variables. Too many variables. The, the whole political scene, the whole question of the presidency. But on a big picture methodology, you can look at it and say, it's simple. You can't, I think it's economics 101 in high school. You, you can't just keep pushing out money. You can't just keep giving away money and giving away money and giving away money. Because that money will definitely lose its worth, like anything else. If you make too many widgets, then the widgets lose their worth. So here's what's happening. We're, we keep putting out money, putting out money, putting out money. The Fed keeps pushing it out there. And that's great for a while. I mean, that's great. It's, it's like, uh, makes you happy. But, and, and, and at times it's certainly needed. But now you can't, that party has to stop. And sooner or later, What's going to happen is you just, and you're having it already now, the manifestations of it is, is rampant inflation. And, and it's not there yet, but it has to be controlled. And it's not something that you can wait to see if it happens, because I've seen that in the past. You wait, and you wait too long, maybe. But I'm not here to say the Fed's doing a bad job. In fact, I think the Fed has done a pretty good job over the last few years in sort of saving the economy. So, uh, that's not the issue. But the issue is, uh, if, you, if you're asking me to predict something, I'm only saying, and it's not saying very much, I guess, that over the next three, four years, or maybe a lot sooner, you are going to see this whole thing hit the wall in one way or another, and it's not going to be a pretty outcome. Carl, so, is there is there an icon playbook for inflationary times? Are there things that you want to own 
at times like these and things that you're actively avoiding at times like these? Yeah, look, I mean, over the years, the paradigm that I find the best for investing, and it's obviously most people can't do it, is activism. And, and going into companies where the stock is selling cheaply for a number of reasons. And if we can get in there and we can do something, we can help that company. And sometimes we come as uninvited guests. But a lot of companies in this country are, char- are terribly run, just terribly run. And by the way, in my mind, that's the reason for the problems that we have today. You, you have companies that the CEOs are making 10, 15 million a year. And many of these guys are not capable of doing the job, with many, many exceptions. I want to say many exceptions, many very good CEOs, good CEOs worth his salt, and and you pay him, and if things are going well, I don't mind seeing that guy making a lot of money because he's producing. But there's so many bad ones and so many bad boards because the boards aren't doing the one job they're paid to do, which is make that CEO accountable. So those stocks go down, things get get into a problem, we come in, and that's our paradigm. We try to clean it up and and just change a few simple things, or maybe more than a few simple things. You echoed similar comments when we spoke last May, and you talked about waiting for stocks to become cheaper for you to really begin to look at that. We get more from Bloomberg National Security Editor Bill Ferries is going to be a key day. We'll have a lot of uh, foreign ministers gathering in Munich for a security conference there. That will give a chance for everybody to sit down and and hash out the approach, uh, the reaction to this latest news about the troop buildup, according to the U.S. So I think this is definitely not the uh, direction people wanted to see uh, just the two days ago when the announcements of a potential Russian drawdown first emerged. Bloomberg's Bill Ferry says the U.S. thinks Russia has about 150,000 soldiers near Ukraine's borders. The Federal Reserve is also in the spotlight this morning, Karen. Minutes from the central bank's last meeting show officials will raise interest rates soon. They're also on alert for persistent inflation that would justify a faster pace of tightening. Turning to corporate earnings now, Nathan, shares of NVIDIA are down more than 3% in early trading. The chipmaker failed to impress with its latest forecast. And we get the story from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. NVIDIA topped Wall Street estimates with its latest quarterly results and projected strong growth for the current period. CEO and co-founder Jensen Huang has turned a niche business, graphic cards for gamers, into a chip empire worth more than $600 billion. But investors have high hopes for the company, and even a record-setting quarter can leave them underwhelmed. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Charlie, thank you. Now some other stocks moving on earnings. Applied Materials is up 2%. Earnings at the Semiconductor Machinery Company topped estimates. Cisco's up 3%. The computer network equipment maker gave a bullish forecast. Check out DoorDash this morning. It is surging more than 24% after a record number of people ordered from the food delivery app. Up next, we get earnings from Walmart this morning. And finally, Nathan, Amazon has settled a huge dispute on payment fees with Visa. The e-commerce giant will now accept Visa cards across its global network. It will no longer charge an extra fee to customers in Singapore and Australia who use Visa on its site. And futures this morning are moving lower. S&P futures down at 22 points. Dow futures down 146 
NASDAQ futures down 92. That's about six-tenths of a percent lower. The DAX in Germany is up a tenth of a percent. The CAC in Paris is up a quarter percent. And the FTSE 100 is moving lower this morning. It's down six-tenths of a percent. The Nikkei 225 in Japan also lost ground this morning. It lost eight-tenths of a percent. And the Hang Seng in Hong Kong gained three-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 9.30 seconds. The yield, 2 percent. Yield on the two-year, 1.48 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down two and a quarter percent, down $2.10 at $91.56 a barrel. COMEX gold up nine-tenths of a percent, or $16.50 at $18.88 an ounce. Bitcoin this morning moving lower at $43,280. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thank you. It's 533 on Wall Street. We're at 53 degrees in Central Park. They've cleared an accident at the westbound Bel- uh, Belt Parkway at Lefferts Boulevard, but may still be some delays getting to Kennedy Airport. We'll get details in traffic. First, my, uh, John Tucker's here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. John, good morning. Good morning, Nathan. New York City Mayor Eric Adams telling leaders of major companies in the city get their workers back in offices. He's emphasizing that empty buildings are holding back the city's pandemic recovery. New York City can't run from home. We can't keep kicking the can down the road. Uh, We want you to come back in January. No, come back in February. No, come back in March. It's time. The mayor says he met with 100 CEOs this week to get their workers back in the office to stimulate the city's economy. A winter surge in COVID-19 cases due to the Omicron variant has hampered a slow return to offices. Dr. Anthony Fauci was asked how we'll know when the pandemic is over. What you want is to make sure the trajectory keeps going down and down and down, concentrating more on what the rate of severe disease and hospitalization is will determine that. Fauci telling ABC, we don't know what that number is yet, but that will be more of a determinant than the rate of infection. Mayor Adams doesn't think the city's vaccine rules that prevent Brooklyn Nets star Kyrie Irving from playing in home games are fair. The mayor responding to comments made by the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, on ESPN. It just doesn't quite make sense to me that an away player who's unvaccinated can play in Barclays, but the home player can't. Mayor Adams didn't take a hard stance on changing any rules. Republicans in Florida's House of Representatives have approved a ban on abortions after 15 weeks joining other states and tightening access to the procedure ahead of a U.S. Supreme Court ruling that could overturn Roe v. Wade. Florida's bill, which Governor DeSantis has expressed support for, passed the House early this morning, now moves on to the Republican-controlled Senate. And users have a five-letter puzzle craze upset about change. Wordle's biggest fans are A-N-G-R-Y with the New York Times. Convinced the words have gotten harder since their version of the game rolled out. A spokesperson for the Times confirms they've updated the list of possible solutions to the daily puzzle. Global News 24 hours a day on air on a Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. T-O-U-G-H. Thanks, John. Yep. Almost 536 on Wall Street. Another five-letter word, sport. Let's get the update on that from John Stanshower. All right, Nathan. Bragging rights, the Brooklyn, the Nets, 
Without the injured Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving can't play a road game if it's still in New York. The Knicks desperate for a victory, and they jumped in front by 20 in the first quarter. That lead drew to 28. It was still at 18 in the fourth. A furious rally by the Nets. They pulled it out, 116-111. The rookie, Cam Thomas, had a huge second-half big contributions from two guys. The Nets just acquired Seth Curry and Andre Drummond. Nets two wins in two nights. After losing 11 in a row, their coach is Steve Nash. They lost a couple in a row. You know, you know, Tibbs will have them fired up and combative. And they, they, you know, I thought were just more physical than us. So at halftime, we just said, this is a test of our character. The Knicks hit the All-Star break. Losers of 13 of their last 16. They've had four different losing streaks of three or more games just in the last month. St. John's won at Xavier, 86-73. Seton Hall lost at UConn, 70-65. And what a winning streak for Rutgers. Scarlet Knights had already set a school record with three straight wins over top 25 teams and then made it four. Beat Illinois, 70-59. Olympic women's hockey, as always. Canada and the U.S. with a gold medal. Canada led 3-0. The U.S. comeback fell short. Canada won 3-2. Michaela Schifrin went 0-5. And Alpine skiing failed to finish. The combined. Reportedly, the Washington Nationals, before the lockout, offered their young star Juan Soto a contract 13 years, $350 million, and he said no. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Thank you, John. 537 on Wall Street. Time for the Tri-State Business Report with Bloomberg's Ed Corey. New York City home buyers moving to a new town are ready to pay 27% more than local buyers. The trend towards remote work has allowed many Americans to sell their homes in pricier cities and move to cheaper ones, giving them a bigger budget than locals, according to a report from Redfin. The unceasing demand for U.S. real estate has pushed average home values over seven figures in hundreds of cities for the first time. New York, as well as California and Massachusetts, have the most new cities with seven-figure average home sales. Homes valued at a million dollars or higher are now the norm in 481 U.S. cities. New Jersey bettors wagered a record $144 million on the Super Bowl. That's up 22% from the prior year, even with bets being taken in neighboring New York for the first time. Sports bettings exploded across the U.S. since the Supreme Court allowed states outside of Nevada to offer it in 2018. That's your Bloomberg Tri-State Business Report. I'm Ed Corey. Thanks, Ed. 538 on Wall Street. Bloomberg Radio is on the air from San Francisco to New York, London to Hong Kong. Let's check in with our global news team for some of the top stories heard on our 300 affiliate radio stations around the world. I'm Courtney Donahoe on KTRH in Houston. Colgate Energy is said to be considering a sale after getting takeover interest. I'm Gina Cervetti, and for WBBM in Chicago, I'm reporting that a former commercial airplane headquarters for Boeing is becoming a training and office facility for a major league soccer team. I'm Caroline Hetcombe, Bloomberg DAB Digital Radio in London. We're reporting on the flurry of earnings reports, including Nestle, who warned inflation could mean a hit to their profitability again this financial year. I'm Ed Corey. On WWJ in Detroit, I'm explaining how some small businesses could get a share of new COVID relief grants. Those are some of the stories our 2,700 Bloomberg journalists and analysts are working on this morning around the world. It's 539 on Wall Street. The following is an editorial from Bloomberg Opinion. Because of the pandemic, America's young people face learning deficits that could take years to overcome. Schools must help them make up for lost time, even if it means cutting summer break short. U.S. students clearly need more instruction. Going into the 2021 school year, they were five months behind in math on average and nearly as deficient in reading. 
Adding more school days to the current academic year would help reverse those trends. So would starting the next school year early. For the neediest children, districts should also offer full-time summer school that blends academic instruction with activities aimed at bolstering social and emotional health. The pandemic has caused deep and potentially lasting damage to America's young people. Extending the school year would help ensure that they get the instruction they need. This editorial was written by the Bloomberg Opinion Editorial Board. I'm David Shipley. For more Bloomberg Opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPI and go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. Listen for Bloomberg Opinion editorials every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. S&P futures now down 21 points. Dow futures down 141. NASDAQ futures lower by 91 points. The 10-year Treasury now up 7.30 seconds. The yield 2.01%. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 11.30 weather, mostly cloudy, breezy today. Heavy rain tonight with highs near 60 degrees. Early highs in the upper 50s tomorrow as temperatures fall through the day. We'll get upper or low 40s by Saturday. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And good morning. I'm Tara in Moscow. U.S. stock index futures are lower this morning as traders weigh geopolitical developments in Ukraine and a flurry of corporate earnings. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. On Bloomberg, S&P futures down about 22 points. Dow futures down 144. NASDAQ futures down 93. The DAX in Germany is up about two-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds. Yield 2.01 percent. The yield on the two-year 1.48 percent. NYMEX crude oil is down 1.9% on $1.78 at $91.88 a barrel. COMEX gold up 9 tenths percent or $16.70 at $18.88.20 an ounce. The euro 1.1367 against the dollar. British pound 1.3608. And the yen is at 115.10. And Bitcoin moving lower at $43,150. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's John Tucker with more on what's going on around the world. John. And Karen Rush's foreign ministry denies a claim by the U.S. and Britain that it's added as many as 7,000 troops to soldiers already near Ukraine's borders. The CDC expected to loosen its recommendations about indoor mask wearing as soon as next week. And Republicans in Florida's House of Representatives have approved a ban on abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Sports, Knicks blow a 28-point lead at home and fall to the Nets. The Celtics, Wizards, and Warriors all lose. And at the Olympics, Canada beats the U.S. to win the gold in women's ice hockey. Global News 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. We're powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg. Nathan. Okay, John, thanks. It's almost 549 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak, and we're joined now by Christina Hooper, Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. On kind of a risk-off morning, I guess, in, in terms of U.S. trading for sure, Christina. I don't want to put you too much on the spot here, but given all the developments around uh, geopolitics and the Ukraine situation, how much further headline risk could we be in for? Well, Nathan, I think we have to anticipate that we're going to continue to see developments that are geopolitical in nature that impact markets in the short term, simply because um, 
the price of oil and other commodities is at stake at a time when we're already experiencing a lot of inflationary pressures. So I don't think this goes away tomorrow. It creates, it adds to the volatility we're already experiencing because of hesitation and apprehension about where the Fed goes. Is there a a support level you're looking at for the S&P? No. Um, Mm. What we anticipate is where we're going directionally this year. We try not to make short-term calls, with the exception of saying that we anticipate more volatility. Uh, But I do think stocks end higher uh, at the end of this year than where they are today. Okay. Uh, so it, in terms of sort of looking past uh, the geopolitics at this point, there's obviously a lot of attention on inflation. Certainly, we got the uh, minutes from the latest Fed meeting yesterday. Given what uh, central bankers are saying now about whether they could move faster on rate hikes if inflation continues to persist here, are you sort of rethinking your forecast as to what the Federal Reserve could do for the rest of this year? No, I'm actually comforted by the FOMC minutes. It's what I had hoped for and, uh, frankly, anticipated. Um, The Fed is taking a measured and thoughtful approach. Most importantly, it's going to be data dependent. So, yes, there is the potential that they dial up tightening uh, if they don't see the reduction in um, inflationary pressures that they anticipate. Um, But it is very much going to be dependent on the data. And I think that's very, very important and very comforting. Yeah, so we have some more data coming uh, in the next couple of weeks here before the next meeting uh, next month. Uh, what are you looking for from the, the next round of uh, data coming up on inflation? Do you think it could move the Fed? Uh, I don't think so. I think the Fed is set on hiking rates in March. Uh, certainly, whether it's 25 basis or 50 basis points will depend uh, on uh, at least partially on the data that we see between now and then in terms of inflation. Um, but let's face it, um, the Fed recognizes that we are going to be experiencing significant pressures right now. It's all about the trajectory this year. We believe inflation will peak uh, likely by the middle of 2022 uh, and and, and then uh, start to moderate. Um, and I would anticipate that that's what the Fed is looking for, too. So I don't expect any kind of knee-jerk reactions, especially early on. Um, but, um, of course, there always is the potential for the Fed to become alarmed by something, probably more around uh, more around inflation expectations. But thus far, that's been pretty good. A few mentioned in the minutes yesterday that inflation expectations appear to, to remain well anchored, and I think that's good news. Only about 30 seconds left here. Do you think earnings can continue to justify higher valuations for stocks? Well, I think earnings combined with um, – positive outlooks for 2022. Um, a lot is going to depend on the guidance that we're getting. Um, and, but, uh, but having said that, I, I do think higher valuations come under pressure in the shorter term. We should expect that at the start of a tightening process, um, but that doesn't mean that that will hold for the entire year. Thanks for this, Christina. Great to have you back with us this morning. Christina Hooper is Chief Global Market Strategist at Invesco. Karen. 
Nathan, it is 5.53 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Law Report, brought to you by American Arbitration Association. Business disputes are inevitable. Resolve faster with the American Arbitration Association, the global leader in alternative dispute resolution for over 90 years. More at ADR.org. Let's get to the legal stories we're watching this morning from Bloomberg's Jeff Bellinger. The IRS provided more detail about its new filing requirements for partnerships' foreign income. Tax preparers have been critical of the agency for a lack of clarity on the issue. Firefighters in Massachusetts and New York filed separate lawsuits claiming that 3M and 23 other companies knowingly made and sold products containing so-called forever chemicals that place the firefighters' health at risk. The maker of the Theragun Massager accuses TJ Maxx and four manufacturing companies of infringing on its trademarks by conspiring to sell knockoffs of the massager. Bloomberg Law. Everything you need, all on one legal research platform, including guidance, analysis, and Bloomberg Market Intelligence. Find out more at BloombergLaw.com. All right, Jeff, thank you. Now another legal story we're watching brings us to former Alaska governor and vice presidential candidate Sarah Palin. She took on the New York Times in a defamation case and essentially lost twice. Both the judge and the jury found in favor of the Times. But Palin may be looking beyond the trial to the Supreme Court, where two justices have suggested revisiting the New York Times versus Sullivan standard that makes lawsuits against the media an uphill battle. For more on the matter, Bloomberg's June Grasso speaks to Ronnell Anderson-Jones, a law professor at the University of Utah. This was the first libel case against the Times to go to trial in nearly two decades. Is that a testament to how high a standard the New York Times v. Sullivan case sets for defaming a public figure? It is. The constitutional rule here sets the bar very, very high, and it's set there because of a First Amendment concern for breeding space. The rule is basically rooted in this understanding that some falsity about public officials is sort of the cost of doing business in a democracy. And the court has said that if our choice is between some mistakes in this coverage or self-censorship with no coverage at all, we choose to have space for public discourse. And so that standard is set very, very high, and these cases almost never go to trial. Palin essentially lost twice, once by the judge and once by the jury. Let's start with Judge Rakoff, who said he would throw out the defamation suit, even as the jurors were deliberating. Explain the basis for his throwing out the suit. The judge makes a determination as a matter of law. And so looking over all of the evidence that was presented in the course of the trial, he has to decide whether it's possible for this jury, based on what was presented to them, to find clear and convincing evidence that this very strict standard was met. That is, that the journalists and the Times had a high degree of awareness of the probable falsity of what they published, or that they, in fact, entertained serious doubts as to its truth. And this isn't sort of just about the sloppiness of the journalism, not just about sort of what the journalists did, but about what they thought and knew. And he concluded as a matter of law that they couldn't reach that conclusion, that that bar could not have been met based on the evidence that was presented by Palin's attorneys. Do you think it's likely that the court would take the Palin case as a vehicle to look at the Sullivan standard? Or it might not be the best vehicle? That's right. The Palin case, for a number of reasons, might not be the same vehicle 
New York law independently as a statutory matter calls for a similar standard to this constitutional standard that's at tension here. So uh, that might make it a poor vehicle. It's also the case that some of the justices who might have the greatest interest in reconsidering the Sullivan standard might not be interested in such a hot button conservative political figure as the litigant in such a case. And that's Utah law professor Ronell Anderson-Jones speaking with Bloomberg's June Grasso. Catch more of that interview plus analysis of the latest legal news by listening to the Bloomberg Law Show at 10 p.m. Eastern time or subscribing to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. And attorneys can find exceptional legal research and business development tools at Bloomberg Law. Dot com. Again, futures are lower this morning. S&P futures down 21 points. Dow futures down 146. And NASDAQ futures, they're down 86. The 10-year Treasury up 730 seconds, yield 2.01%. And straight ahead, we have all of our top stories. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.